Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Wabwa as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Today, we're going to talk about having a career as an indie author. So Stephanie, how are you this week? What's going on? Doing pretty good. So nano season, just like that, it's already done and gone, which yeah. I don't know. I'm So a part of me was yay, right? I was like, okay, whew, yes, no more pressure. You know, I did it. You know, I managed the 50K. I'm bummed because I did have the 100K goal. Girl, November was like, I don't think so. <laughs> there was too much happened. Sickness and other moving things. It just wasn't going on. So mm-hmm. I won Nano and I'm like, yay, it's done. But I'm like, oh, still have deadlines, right? <laughs> so, so it's been good. I'm excited because the episodic story that we talked about, that's moving along. Um, and I have like a new name for it and it's like something's changed with it, but it's really, really fun. And the character, the story of the character, it, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And I'm curious to see how my audience reacts to it. But, um, as far as my nano project, so, um, I'm really glad I did nano. It gave me the kick in the pants that I needed. So I did get out the 50 K, which puts me at about like a, <laughs> a quarter <clears throat> of the novel. So, <laughs> Uh, things are doing pretty good. Uh, I I got in a session today and it was it was a good one. The words flowed easier because this character is nice to me. Um, when I get back to my MC, she will probably put up a fit, but that's okay. <laughs> so how about you? How has writing world and just the holiday season been going for you? Yeah, so I am in full relaxation mode. I mean, I'm still doing some work and all of that, but really, instead of writing, I'm I'm on a mad dash to finish editing my novel so I can turn it over to my editor. So that really is a thing. And she's going to do three hardcore rounds of review. So I have to be ready for that, but I'm trying to get it done so that I can just relax and go on my honeymoon and have fun and not think about it while she like really just works on it. So that's my goal. And think I have about five chapters a day to do and then I'm gonna turn it in that is awesome I totally forgot that you guys are doing a later honeymoon which is super interesting smart though smart Mm -hmm. (laughs) very wise um but that's that's awesome and so this is for night of the dark fae one pawn yes yes the first book pawn and I'm working on faded it's just taking a back seat right now because I have so much to do with the edits and which the edits are a ton of fun i still writing I guess while I'm editing because I will get through scenes and I'll realize hey I should expand more or I need to add more description or I want to add more banter and more conversation just whatever needs to be added back in for that which is a lot of fun but it really is helping me really set the groundwork for book two which is great and I will start working on that hardcore once I get back from my honeymoon that sounds good. Well, I'm excited for you. I can't wait to read them. They are on pre-order. Shameless plug, y'all. AngelaJ4.com. You can pre-order the entire Night of the Dark Face series. Ha-ha. Woohoo. And I love it because people are actually pre-ordering it and they're getting both the autograph copies, which are directly mm. from me, and then also the ebooks, which one of the tactics that I did 
this one's for free, is that <laughs> instead of releasing it at 99 cents, uh, mm. I feel like I have 99 cent books that people can buy. So if they want to read some of my work and be introduced to it, then I have those and they can go get those. But this series is a more premium series. And so it will never be lower than $2.99. Mm. And so $2.99 is the pre-order price. That's the low price. My hook is you can get the books for 25% off as long as you buy before it's released. On the day it is released, the price is going to go up. And so that is the hook for that. And it's interesting so far. I think it's working, but time will tell. I think that's honestly genius just because it's like, it's true. You know, you have multiple series now. So it's like, okay, well, if you want something on the lower end, by all means, you know, spend your money over here. But if you, you know, you want to read something a little bit more premium, a little bit more, you know, with a little bit more spunk and it, you know, you got it, you got to pay up, you know? And I mean, Hey, honestly, listen, people can't complain. Okay. If you can easily chuck five bucks for a tall coffee at Starbucks, <laughs> you can pay three bucks <laughs> for a book, you know? So I think that's really good. And I'm just, I'm excited for, you know, really to hear the results of how this is going. Cause I know this, you're also kind of testing out this strategy of you know putting up this pre-order and seeing how it does so and I think it's really wise too with the whole like paperbacks um, on your website I love that just because for me that's my way of supporting indies like that's my way of saying I'm going to intentionally put money in your pocket like you know there are authors I was about to go buy a book on Amazon the actual paperback of it and I was like wait no they have this on their website like go give them the money directly don't give it to Amazon and have Amazon only give them a portion, you know? So like I'll buy the ebook on Amazon, no problem. But like when it comes to paperbacks, especially if I know the author for sure, go on the website, spend money, buy the paperbacks from them. You know, you get an autograph, but you're also like directly putting that money in their pocket, you know, which I think is super cool. Exactly. And that it just makes so much more sense. And I do offer two day shipping because I subscribe to Amazon Prime. And I just love knowing that I'm going to get something super fast. And so I try to do that for people that are buying directly from me just so that they can get it very quickly. Because I understand how that feels. You buy something and you want it now, now, now. We're so conditioned to just have everything. Like I order something and the moment 48 hours hits and the little tracker on Amazon says, oh, we're sorry. You know, your package has been delayed till 9 p.m. Oh, we're sorry. It's been delayed till tomorrow. I'm like, Amazon? No. <laughs> like, I pay for Prime. I want it in two days. <laughs> exactly. I was doing last minute ordering for Thanksgiving uh, last week. And I was just watching it because I was like, okay, I just need this to arrive before Thanksgiving. That's about it. And it's nice that we have that and we can make that happen. No, for sure. But I'm excited for today's topic. We kind of touch on some things, but just to go ahead and talk about the roadmap from enthusiast to being an actual career indie author. So I would like to ask you, what do you think, and it says just like a general overview, right? Like, what do you think makes up that journey from ideation to actually successful career indie author? Oh, I think it definitely is just getting started, getting your feet wet and diving right in. I feel like there is, obviously there is a roadmap and there are the things that I suggest doing, but I think it's really important to at some point stop just studying, but learn as you go. And so when I first started publishing, 
I mean, I did spend some time with other authors seeing what they were doing, see, seeing what was working and what wasn't working. And the thing about the market is that it changes every now and then. And so some things that worked 10 years ago when I was doing some studying back then, things have shifted and changed. So ebooks were just getting to be a big thing. And now audiobooks are getting to be a big thing. And so it's kind of recommended to start making sure that you have your books as audiobooks as well as ebooks and paperbacks. So there are all these different things to pay attention to. But I feel like when you jump in and you get started, that really helps a lot. So obviously, starting out with writing a book, working with an excellent editor who can help you bring your voice through the best way that it can be, having an amazing book cover design that stands up, uh, stands out among your specific genre. It's just one of those things I see a lot with authors and particularly indie authors is the fact that they will choose a book cover and it'll be something that looks homemade. Like their mm. kid made it and they just slap it together and put it up there. And I mm. see this especially, this is not throwing shade, but especially on book funnel and story origin promotions. I'll go on to see group promo and I'll look and like there'll be gorgeous, beautiful covers and then homemade, awful covers. So it's really important to have that. And I do have to say it makes a difference. Like I can see how my sales have improved and changed, uh, mm. especially after I've changed the cover. Like I had a really cool cover that I loved for the five warriors. And I had that for about a year and a half, I think. And then Someone told me, hey, this just doesn't work out so well with your genre. Like, it's just not giving me the right vibes. And I was like, oh, but I love this cover. Like, it's giving me the right vibes. I think it'd be great. But I changed the cover and it actually did wonders. My cells changed. So it's just being able to be flexible and pivot and know that, hey, like, it's something I can love it. And that's okay to absolutely love it. But if it's not working for your cells and it's not something that, it's a typical popular cover that fits with your genre. You have to be willing to pivot and make those changes. And then of course there is marketing, which a lot of authors say is the hardest thing to deal with is the marketing and trying to figure out where to start with that, what to do. And I think a lot of it comes down to just not really knowing how it works. And I think once you get started and get your feet wet and you are persistent with your marketing efforts and you'll see that change in that difference. So that, to me, in a nutshell, is kind of like the, the roadmap. There's the writing, there's the publishing, and there's the marketing. Mm, what are your thoughts? So much to unpack there. And first of all, I agree with all of that. But then also just to hinge upon what you mentioned with <clears throat> kind of, pardon me, kind of the amateur, you know, covers or like amateur editing, you know, I can't even you know hint at how often i'll go through i'll be in writing communities indie writing communities and they'll say oh yeah well you know um i didn't have the money for the editor so like i had cousin so and so like you know my cousin and my sister they proofread it and you know they went through it and then that was it and i'm like this is why because this is why readers you know, they kind of, sometimes they kind of get quote unquote burned by indie books and then they don't want to read the other wealth and gold mine of indie novels that are out there because they've read so many novels that 
seen that reads like a family member edited it and not, you know, someone that actually has the skill and the expertise and knows what to do. And like you mentioned, to bring out your voice, right? Especially for new writers, oftentimes you're figuring out your voice. You know, what's my writing style like? You know, what, what do I like to put in there? And your editor has that ability to read your work and see, oh, okay, so this is what, you know, they generally sound like. Let's try to hone in on that. And let's remove all of the excess that takes away from that and takes away from the story. And so I think it's really interesting that you talked about that because I, I was in a, um, in a group once. <clears throat> pretty sure I'm still in there, actually. And this was like months ago. And they were talking about how they don't like to read indie books because they, they got, oh, what is it? where you can subscribe and get like 10 of the books um oh kindle unlimited yes there we go thank you it slipped my mind so they got ku and they were like oh well, i'm gonna test it and see what's up and so they started reading through indie book after indie book and they were like this sucks <laughs> you know like they were not impressed and the thing is as indies we have more work to do because we're competing out here with these chat authors who who their books go through rounds upon rounds upon rounds of editing before they go anywhere, before their publisher hit the shelves. And so I think that is such an important thing to hit, you know, like not skipping steps, <laughs> not cutting corners, you know, the, the actual professional editing and the book, listen, <laughs> listen, Linda, I can hit this book covers thing so much because it boggles my mind that you would spend months after months writing the thing, editing the thing, getting betas to read it, you know, getting it put together, and then you would just drop the ball when it comes to the cover. So you do all the hard work to write it, but then you give it a cover where no one's going to want to buy it, so you wrote it for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, no, no disrespect, but it's like, you know, you ha there's a whole package to it. Like, there's a whole process. Um. And so it really is a journey, you know, coming from ideation where, okay, you have that idea in your head, you know, but then you realize, okay, I don't want to just do this as a hobby. Now there are hobby authors and that's, that's perfectly awesome, but we're talking to career authors here. You know, you have that ideation in your mind and you think to yourself, okay, I can write this story. I can publish this. I can see this as a series. Now, granted, standalones are great, but series do very, very well, okay? As readers, we love to read more than one story, especially if it's in that world, especially if we really fell in love with the characters and, you know, their story and whatever, and all the things that are going on in the book. And so, you know, you, you have that idea and then you begin to think, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to go through this process. But a lot of writers, a lot of indies, you know, they'll get, through sometimes through the writing phase and kind of like and then they'll make it kind of to the editing phase and then kind of like fall off the wagon <laughs> and I think a lot of it has to do with I think it's just a matter of not knowing you know like not knowing what to do next not knowing where to start not knowing where to go and so for those writers who do um, get through that writing part and then they make it to the editing. But then now it's like, oh, that big wall of publishing is in their face before they even reach marketing. Um, what do you think are some ideas as far as like getting through that when they, you know, they're saying, I'm serious. I want to be an author, <laughs> you know, but they can't climb over that hump where they actually make money from the books. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really important part. And I do want to take some time to kind of talk through kind of the, the three different phases of editing. Um, because I think that's also helpful with, with getting over the hump. 
And so there are different kinds of editors. And I think as an indie author, if you've never worked with an editor before, a great place to start is to go to Readsy Marketplace, just because you can upload, you know, a couple thousand words from your novel and you can have different editors go in and take a look and they'll provide you with a sample of their editing style. And then you can compare and take a look at it and say, okay, this editor really dug deep. And she really critiqued a lot of things. And that's what I need. Or this editor was really light on it. She's more for proofreading. And I think this is also where authors kind of get stumbled and kind of stop because I didn't know the difference between like a developmental editor versus a proofreader. And so now I know, like, for example, if you're finishing up a draft of your book, but you kind of need some guidance on how to kind of polish it and bring it all together, you probably want to hire a developmental editor. That editor will help you kind of make sure that your story makes sense, that it's fully developed, and it is something that's going to sell well. And so you can work with a developmental editor for that. I tend to work more with editors that are focused more on my grammar and sentence structure and making sure that that makes sense because I feel like I have a solid story. And then I also work with beta readers and that helps me make sure that I have my content together. And then after that, what I do after my book has its beautiful content edit and it's beautiful, then I go ahead and format that. And there's formatting software. I love using Vellum. We also did a podcast episode on the tools. I believe that's episode three. Um, so you can listen to that just for what you should have, make sure that you have for your self-publishing kind of toolbox. Uh, so once it's formatted at that point, I actually send a PDF version of the book to a proofreader because the proofreader isn't there to make sure that your sentence structure is great. They are doing the very last step, which is just reading through your perfect book and catching any of the little tiny errors that might still be there. And most of the time, I usually have formatting errors. I don't know why, but I have them. And so having a proofreader go over that is really helpful. And then my advanced review team also goes over that too. But as for starting and getting the publishing process started, uh, Aside from working with an editor, while your book is in the hands of an editor, there are other things that you can be doing. And those are things like familiarizing yourself with publishing. So Amazon KDP.amazon.com, that is a great place to go uh, for your ebook. And they also do the paperback version, and that will get you up on Amazon. There are other things you can use, like Drafted Digital, if you want your books to be everywhere. And that includes Kobo and iTunes, different things like that. And Drafted Digital is actually an aggregator, which means that you just upload your book there and they push it out to all these other channels. Whereas you can actually go to places like Kobo is a great place to go to upload your book yourself there because they have a lot of promotional opportunities available. And when I did have my books available on every single channel, I actually used a lot of promotions with them. Same thing with iTunes or iBooks. They actually do that too. They have some promotions available. So if you don't want to use an aggregator, uh, I would kind of recommend like making sure you upload every single copy to every different channel that you want it on, just so that you have more opportunities available for you. And then for the actual hitting that publish button, which is the scariest thing ever, I think it helps to talk to someone who's done it before. Hmm. 
which yeah. is obviously what we're doing on this podcast, but it, it helped. And it really helped me to go through and talk to someone who was in my journal or kind of knew what they were doing and just kind of go through the, the steps together. And that way I knew what was going on and what I had to do. And so that's really where I recommend starting, just kind of learning from a professional, taking those steps yourself to dig in and learn. And we'll have to put together a kind of like a step-by-step guide so people know like, hey, number one, you know, Amazon KDP, we'll include these links in the show notes, but so that you know what to do when you're getting started. No, that's super, super good. And I love, I love that you said, you know, kind of link up with a professional and have them walk you through it because that's incredibly important. Yes, you can learn on your own, you know, and you can go through the whole trial and error phase, but why? You know, like you have friends in the community for a reason, like you're in these places for that. And the indie community, we are very generous with what we know. Hence this podcast, you know, and we're not the only ones with a podcast like this. You know what I mean? You, you know, we're very generous in sharing information and in how we do things. And there are authors who are several steps ahead of you who are willing to say, okay, I'll, I'll help you I'll, by all means, you know, let's go through this together. And you hinted at a couple of things that I wanted to hit on because I think this is a part of the process that we don't really talk about. So writers know how to get through the writing phase, you know, whether they figure it out by plotting or by panting or both, you know, they, they manage to get that draft done. Right. And then they kind of go and then they start going through the editing phase. One thing that um, I wasn't much aware of in the beginning of the process was beta readers, alpha readers, all of that. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't recognize, first of all, I didn't know what they were. And then I didn't know the benefit that they were. And I remember like learning about betas, alphas and betas, which an alpha reader, just from my understanding. So the alpha reader, they, they read every chapter as you write. So like you write it, you you kind of clean it up a bit, you know, so it makes sense. (laughs) And then um, you send it to them, they read it, they give you feedback, and then you continue on. Beta readers, you finish writing the entire draft, kind of clean it up a bit if you need to, and then you send it off to your betas, and then they go through the entire thing and give you feedback. And they give you feedback based on, of course, what you ask for, you know? So sometimes people will say, you know, I don't need you looking at grammar. My editor will take care of that. I want you to look at, you know, the plot and the story. Like, do things make sense? Are there a lot of plot holes? What what is What does it make sense for you? That kind of thing. And I didn't know about that, right? Like, and I didn't know the benefit it would be. And right now, as I'm writing book one um, of Project Fire, as I call it, I have a few alpha readers. And so like, they'll go through and they'll say, you know, this, you know, like one of them will say, this is choppy, you know, like it doesn't, it's not connecting or, you know, like it's the prose is beautiful, but, you know, I'm not connecting to the main character. I'm not really getting, you know, like their desires and their needs and what they're willing to do for it. Like that's not coming across as I read. And so that's also a powerful part of this phase because the whole thing with being an indie author is putting out excellent novels without having to go through, you know, a house to do it, but understanding the different elements to put in place and then actually executing that. And so having these readers in your pocket is so incredibly important. Now, 
you you may catch some freeloaders who just want to read it because they want to get their eyes on it first and then they don't really give you feedback they just want to read the story for free right but you know and you do have to sift through that but having those readers is so important because i you know coming off the tail end of writing going into editing before you before you start thinking and that's also kind of the time where you start looking at like book cover designers and things like that too once that draft is done then you start thinking okay how am i going to market this thing you know who am i going to get to design the cover what do i want it to look like things like that but having those readers in your pocket is so important because they point out things that you wouldn't catch so that when it's published you don't have readers blowing up the review section like you know she i got to this part of the novel and i completely hated it because like i was being led this way and you know and then you have all these one-star reviews because you didn't have readers catch these mistakes beforehand you know and what do you, i know you've worked with betas before so what are your thoughts on that oh it's been so helpful and I actually, for my first novel, The Five Warriors, I had alpha readers too, who went through every chapter. I had it up on Google Drive, which I really liked having it up on Google Drive because they could all read it at the same time and add in a thousand comments and notes. And it was great because I could see it all in real time. Then it also got very slow. Uh, but it was really beneficial because I was so close to the story. And it was a story I started when I was 12 years old. So I was so close to the story that I couldn't yeah. really see it fully. And so my readers just really helped me step back and like see the big picture and see where it was going. And they may help make it a better story. And they helped me out when the parts where I kind of rushed through a section, they were like, whoa, 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 slow down. We want more chapters on this side. We want to hear more about this. And so that really helped with things. And it still helps now because I usually write just because I write kind of chaotically, I guess, I'm, I'm getting better, but it's still a little chaotic. Uh, it helps for me to finish my draft. And then I go back and I find my inconsistencies and I try to fix them as best I can. And then I give it to my beta readers and say, okay, let me know how it goes. And they always come back with really good insight that I missed. Like, hey, we need to expand more on this. Or, I completely missed your point that you were trying to get here. And then I feel like I have that time to fix all of these things and make it a much better book, even before it even goes to my editor. And they will always have additional notes too, but it's a better story because of that. So by the time it actually hits Amazon, it's something that readers can read through and it's coherent and they don't say, eh, it sucks. Yeah. No. Which some people do. You know, you just have to have thick skin because you will get those bad reviews. <laughs> just know that everyone has their own opinion about things, and that's totally fine. It is not a reflection of how good of a writer you are. Yeah. And when you feel bad about those bad reviews, just read more good reviews because they're just so great. <laughs> no, seriously, agreed. Like, <laughs> alphas and betas i think i love that you said that you were so close to the story you needed the alphas so with project fire i'm really close to the story right like when i really think about it so i mean i say that the ideation for this came about three years ago but i really think that it, it kind of dropped into me like maybe five or so plus years ago and it kind of started to take like real fruition about three years ago and then now it's like Oh, okay, this is what I think the story is right now, right? So because I'm so close to it, 
and I'm so passionate about it and I love every single little detail and you need to read it all, you know, like I'm, I'm there with the story, right? So I have to have the alpha readers because they pull back and they're like, you know, I love this. What is this? And I'm like, you're hurting my heart. Like, I love that part. What, what do you mean? Are you kidding? I took my time writing that. Thank you very much. But it, it, it's just, it's really important. Whereas with other stories, not that you're not close to it, but it's like, you don't necessarily need alphas. You know, you can write it, go through it yourself, see the inconsistencies and things that need to be fixed up and then send it out to beta. It's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm closing up. I'm closing it up for now. I'm sending it off to you. What do y'all see? And then it's true by the time. And I think editors are grateful for writers who take the time to have whether it be alphas or beta beta readers go through it because by the time it gets to them they're working with something more polished that now they can really say okay this is what really this story is about is supposed to be about let's go ahead and you know remove what doesn't need to be there and she you know the author needs to add in this so on and so forth whereas if you just go through it on your own don't really take the time to comb through it and then you just send it off to an editor that is an super ton amount of work for them <laughs> you know that's just way too much work for them and on top of that it's like you don't if you're not combing through it yourself you're not really seeing what is it that you're really trying what story are you really trying to tell you know what I mean it's like it's after you've gone through it a few times and like other people have gone through it and given you feedback then you realize oh this is what we're telling here so I think that's just that's that's a really important part of that thing. like once you're coming off that writing and going into all things editing and wanting to publish and things like that um I think that's really important and so also what one I wanted to address is like okay so when you come off of when the story is off with other readers you know what makes up that time for you right like you know because we don't just sit idle it's like oh okay well i'm not working on the manuscript so uh i guess i'll just go watch netflix disney plus <laughs> shameless plug <laughs> that's what i'll be watching <laughs> you know as yeah. for you um during your process like once you're like okay it's off with betas and you're taking a break from the story which again that's something else that's important as well I'll just go ahead and stick that in really quick it's like once you finish writing it you need to step away for a bit you know some writers step away for a week some for a few weeks just to completely break their attachment to it so that they can come back to it completely fresh you know things pop up when you haven't seen it for a while and then you're like oh, I thought this was brilliant this is actually garbage <laughs> so, um when it is so you know that is important to take a break but when that story is off with whether it be a beta or an editor what are you doing during that time to get you closer to that okay that author phase right like that it's published it's being marketed we're doing all the things as an indie author now yeah i love that question because that's a big thing and i do think it's important just to reiterate that it's okay to take a break. I feel like sometimes in the indie community, it's all about going fast and releasing a book every month or every other month or, you know, all these books every single year. And you don't have to, you just take, if it's going to take you more time, take that time. Don't stress yourself out trying to release a book just to keep up with everyone else and their release schedules. Cause that is, just one way to release a disastrous book. I mean, no shame. I've pulled a book down from pre-order because I was going too fast and I had to just take a break, a year long break, but whatever, uh, and just 
really make sure that it was the best story. And so once my book is out and somewhere else, whether it's with betas or my editor, there are a couple of things that I do. Right now, I'm really obsessed with buying pre-made book covers. So I haven't really been working on covers that hard. But usually, if it's with an editor, that's when I'm sitting down and really writing out my design for the cover and sending it to my designer to get started on it. And usually, I have a designer that's picked out. Fair warning, all of the best designers get booked out so fast. Like it is the end of 2019 and I had to book some of my designers for 2020 and 2021 because they just get booked out so fast. And so I know that now that that happens. And so if I'm even thinking about a series that I might possibly, maybe like there's like 2% of me that thinks I might want to release it next year, I go ahead and book a designer. Because I can always go back and say, hey, like, actually, this isn't going to happen until like 2021. So, you know, we can get started later or something like that. And they usually ask for deposits and I don't mind throwing down a deposit for that. But usually that time is taken to work with my uh, designer and really flesh out that design and get it done. And I do ebooks. I also usually get an audiobook cover even though I haven't been producing my audiobooks which I should be doing more <laughs> on that later uh and then I also do my um the paperback version and so fair warning when you're doing a paperback version you do need your book's description that goes on the back cover and that book description you can also use on your Amazon page uh you can use portions of it in ads so after I get done with the design and my designer's working on all that, then I also work on my book description, the book blurb. Uh, I work on the landing page on the website. And then I also start brainstorming different, uh, different things I'm going to do to promote the book. Like sometimes it's a giveaway. For Night of the Dark Fae, I had to create a landing page on my website that talked about, hey, it's available for pre-order. I had to go ahead and get all the covers and upload them to Amazon and go ahead and make sure that I have all of the blurbs written for all three books. As a matter of fact, today, my designer actually just sent me my paperback covers with all the text on them. So those are ready to go now. Just different things like that, that I can go ahead and get started doing. Um, I also do just brushing up on some of the advertising courses that I'm in. I spend some time watching those videos. And if I feel really confident about it, I go ahead and get started on the next book or just do some free writing, something fun to take my mind off of the hardcore process of writing. So I think those are some great suggestions for what to do while you are taking a break from your novel and while it's over with uh, the beta team or the editor. Indie author multitasking at its finest. Crash course 101, guys. So, <laughs> no, but that that's good you know what I mean because again like reiterating that having a break so important so important because you're so into it especially if listen especially if you're an epic fantasy author and that thing is over a hundred thousand words a hundred and fifty thousand words it's a lot it's it's a lot you know you're spending unless you're like a speeding gonzalez type of writer you know you you spent a few months <laughs> writing this draft you know so taking that time to step away and focus on something that's actually a little bit more fun you know book covers or you know just things like that it it 
it really is a good thing. And I love how you talked about how you can you can also get started on the next book if you feel um, confident with it. I think that's smart because that keeps you ahead, right? So like by the time you publish the first one, you know, you're past ideation for the second one. You're kind of like already, if you're not already writing, you're very close to so that there isn't, you know, and then like a super long time between novels, kind of like George Martin and the Game of Thrones series, you know, at some point readers were throwing a fit because they were like, when is this dude going to release the next novel? Like, come on now, you know, the show ended and I still don't think the man has released the last novel. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like doing that helps you stay ahead of the game too, you know, because you are your deadline, you know, you are your accountability, you are you know, you have to be responsible, you know, to just stay on track with things because we're indies, you know, it gets done when you say it gets done. <laughs> so if you take 10 trillion years, you know, well, hey, um, there should be a reader or two alive still to read it by then. But, you know, you want, you want to capitalize, you want to get in the game. So I think that that's also incredibly important. It's like, okay, the thing that you do in the in-between time, you know, because I don't think we talk about that sometimes when it comes to, it's like, okay, we talk about the writing and okay, you got to edit your book and hey, you got to publish it. But uh, so yeah, about those little things that magically pop up on your website called a blurb and a synopsis and like a tagline, <laughs> you know, we don't talk about those things, which, and I know that we talk about this synopsis, synopsis, say that five times fast. And blurbs are probably some of, so hate is a very strong word. Hate is a strong word. I loathe writing the synopsis and the blurb. It's like, because I'm so close to the story, trying to condense this massive book into a tiny little paragraph or two that will entice readers and get them to just like drop their coins you know without even thinking about it you know they see the cover they love it they go to read the the blurb and it's like oh well will that capture them or not that is so very difficult so like let's talk about that a little bit because I know that that's a challenge as well that we don't talk about you know and then writers get to that point and they're like I quit I'm not doing this (laughs) yeah I think that is the hardest thing because we are such writers and we're used to writing something that's long and lengthy and it's so hard to condense our stuff down to you know those little tiny just very simple non-flowery phrases that convey what the book is about and one thing that has really helped me with writing blurbs is going onto Amazon and looking at really popular books and seeing what their blurbs are. And then I like to go a step further and look at the blurb and then actually read the book and see, okay, this is the expanded version. How did they get from this beautiful expanded version into this little tiny, like really interesting blurb that really pulls me in and connects me? Hmm. And so... I guess that's kind of my process for the research is really figuring that out and deciding what I want to do with, uh, with that. It's just kind of workshopping it. And I think I like to do a lot of workshopping. I'm the same way with, uh, writing, just figuring out different plots. If I need inspiration, I usually like to read to figure it out and then kind of reverse engineer it and go, okay, all right. So this is the part where they said in the blurb, so-and-so did this and it was this whole like 
you know, 10 chapters right here, uh, but just really looking at what they pull out. And it's really interesting because we both write epic fantasy. And I think it's harder when you are writing something that has multiple points of view and how to convey that in a blurb. Like, do you talk about everybody? Do you talk about two people? And so that's also something that I've been looking at, uh, just kind of seeing how people summarize the different characters and what they're going through and how they get all twisted up into each other's lives. Uh, for my novels, Elias Moore and the Jeweled Sword and Elias Moore and the Green Stone, there are 11 different characters in there, but Listen. the main character is Elias Moore. And while there are a lot of different chapters from a lot of other people's points of view, just because he is that main person and yeah. the most important person, I only wrote about him in the blurb. Like everyone else is really important, but once you get into the book, like, you get it. You do get it. So it's just kind of figuring those different things out and finding out what works well for your genre. And I think if you go on Amazon and you start studying the way people write out blurbs in different genres, you will start to see a pattern emerge. Yeah, no, that tip about, that's very interesting that you do that. And I think I might, I might try that because, so I have gone on Amazon and pulled up <laughs> So I pulled up like a ton of trad YA fantasy, um, YA epic fantasy, and that sounds terrible, but I do it. Um, I pull up all the trad books because listen, at the end of the day, these authors are selling millions, right? So I look up, I look at their blurbs and like, I will read through it again and again and again. I'm thinking to myself, okay, they go from here, they, they hint at this, they touch on this, like this is what they do, this is what they're struggling with, this is what they have to overcome, blah, blah, blah. But um, I have not read the blurb and then read the book to see where they pulled out the different elements for the blurb from the book. So that's definitely something that I, I will try because that's legit, you know, now granted it'll take me longer because, you know, I read books that are like four or 500 pages, but <laughs> mumbles over here. Um, but that's actually really smart because then as a writer, you know, okay, I can pull from maybe, you know, act one, a couple things from act two, maybe a little a hint at a little something in act three, put, you know, condense all of that and put it in the blurb because at the end of the day, it's like a movie trailer, you know? <clears throat> I used to be, why are they showing all of these good parts in this, you know, 30, 45 second trailer? You're giving away the ending, but it's like, you give enough to entice the viewer and then they watch it and they're like, oh, I remember this from the trailer. It's the same thing with, you know, your blurb and synopsis. So I think that is a really, really good point. And honestly, I think we, we hit some good stuff here, you know, for all of our listeners who are tuning in um, and wondering how do you go from, okay, I was walking through the park and boom, you know, this idea kind of just smacked me upside the head. Now, okay, that it really doesn't usually happen like that. It's something that you've been passionate about and it's been brewing in your heart. Then you want to write it. But like going from that to, oh, wow, I'm holding this book in my fingers. And there are people emailing me telling me that they absolutely love these characters that I made up. <laughs> right. And so um, we know we really hope that this is valuable to you because there are a lot of things that go into, you know, going from ideation to published career author that, you know, sometimes may not be talked about. Yeah, so true. And I think 
you know, as you're going in and digging in, there are going to be more questions that pop up. And that's why we created the Indie Author Lifestyle Community so that you can join and you can ask those questions. You know, you can just get in there and say, hey, like, I'm struggling with my blurb. What other resources do you have? Um, I'm not sure where to get an editor. I don't know, like, what's a good price for you know, a, a cover or I have a cover. What do you think? Does it fit with my genre? Just that kind of feedback. And, you know, we're in the community. We are so excited to talk about it. So, you know, join and ask questions. I think that's one of the things that is so helpful with the author lifestyle is that being around other authors is so useful because you can ask those questions and people are willing to answer them. Absolutely. No, I agree. So we encourage you to join the Indie Author Lifestyle community. We'll see you inside, guys. See you there. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community where we chat daily, write together, and motivate each other. To be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear more from you. Leaving a rating or review helps us to create more great content like this. Be sure to rate this episode and subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. See you inside the community.